Hello and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is July 17th and it is me and DeFi Advisor today because everyone else is in France <laughs> learning about the future of finance. Yeah, we're the only one home. Only one's home, huh, man? I know, I know. So everybody's at the uh, the big conference right now that is taking place. The, last week was the Stable, Stable Summit Conference and this week is ETH CC, which is the largest, one of the largest European uh, Ethereum conferences. This one is taking place in Paris. It goes from today until Wednesday. Uh, it has over 280 speakers. There's a bunch of awesome people who are going to be speaking there. Uh, it, it looks like a lot of fun. So uh, congrats to all the people who got to, to go to Paris and take part in some riots, maybe. And uh, enjoy some sure. ethereum based conversations maybe if someone's uh, watching it uh, now live and is there and wants to uh, come on and share some stuff uh, reach out write something on twitter or youtube and maybe we'll try to uh, get you guys on yeah so it is a actually a big weekend for news we had a ton of stories and there's no jail cast and no conspiracy cast and no fed cast it's all DeFi oh. today all good? We okay? Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy. Uh, so last week we reported about the multi-chain hack. And as a result, there were a bunch of fortunate parties who were just affected by the hack. One of them being Geist Finance, who is a lending market on uh, Phantom. And they said that after confirmation from multi-chain, uh, they don't think that the funds are going to be recovered and they are announcing that Geist will not reopen uh, because the Chainlink oracles are tracking the value of actual USDC, USDT, wrapped Bitcoin, and ETH. And they're not aware of the real value of multi-chain assets, which are trading about like probably 10, 10 cents or 5 cents on the dollar at this point. So uh, really unfortunate for them. Like they've, the, this whole thing has eva evaporated, yeah? Something like that? Yeah, over the weekend, you saw a lot of capital just like flowing out of, of Phantom. People are just running as fast as possible because they don't really know, uh, they don't want to have exposure to any of this, this multi-chain hack or whatever it is. Uh, and is there even a, like a native bridge or is the multi-chain like the main bridge that people use to uh, bridge uh, on and off uh, Phantom? Yeah, so the... The, the bridge was the primary bridge that was being used. At the time of uh, the original multi-chain announcement one month ago, I believe there had been some movement on the foundation side to move from multi-chain to uh, layer zero, uh, which is Stargate. And they had begun that process, but they still had quite a lot of assets in and so the, uh, the Phantom Foundation has been affected. Uh, they have uh, quite a lot of funds that were in USDC on multi-chain. And unfortunately, they've been severely affected. I think there's some questions about like what the long-term implications of this hack are going to be for Phantom. Uh, obviously, DeFi TVL is just going to get crushed over the next few months um, 
if the foundation is able to have enough capital to survive maybe the next year or two, uh, then, you know, potentially could make a recovery. But for right now, I think there's just too much, too much uncertainty about like which assets are safe and which are not. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't trust my money though. Not financial advice and not uh, anything, but uh, I'm happy I didn't have any funds there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was, you know, purely intuition because I try to focus on uh, like uh, mainnet itself. I feel safer uh, there, even though the, uh, you know, all the commissions that you pay there or uh, yeah. everything is more expensive on mainnet. But I guess that does come uh, for the added uh, security. And personally, I prefer the natural roll-ups uh, themselves. M most of my uh, funds uh, are uh, either on uh, mainnet or Arbitrum. Yeah. At least for me. And that's a bet as well, by the way. Who knows? Yeah, so Crypto reports that the Phantom Foundation was holding $15 million worth of FUSD, which is now being marked to market at this time, a couple of days ago, at $5 million. Probably, he says, heading to zero since it's unbacked. Uh, really, that that probably is not much at this point. So uh, they're probably going to be buying Phantom as, as possible and, uh, you know, moving out of that into into different stable coins. So uh, it's it's pretty bad on the Phantom side. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, like very hard to, uh, to recreate a confidence within something. Like if something used to work and then it uh, blew up, and then you try to get people back. Wow, mm -hmm. not an easy choice to make. You you really you really are going to have to incentivize them deeply to come back and trust them. And even then, I'm not so sure that many will do it that easily. Yeah, especially with all of the the kind of new narrative is moving over to L2. So we had some news over the weekend that Cello, the Cello Network, uh, or Cello, Cello, how do you say that? Cello or Cello? I, it's one of the two. Yeah. Uh, but the Cello network is proposing to transition to an Ethereum layer two uh, because I, I'm seeing probably that many of these networks that have their own security set are seeing lackluster usage and looking at the, the growth of Arbitrum and looking at the growth of Optimism, and probably wanted to be a Ethereum layer two right from the beginning, but just didn't have the ability to to build out that uh, that functionality at the time. And so, uh, Cello or Cello is uh, going to switch to an L two, so it's going to be powered by the OP stack, and then also use Eigenlayer and Eigen DA for data availability. Uh, and so. <clears throat> So they, they want to have this so that they can uh, transition only on a technical upgrade. Users will see no existing changes. All of the apps and uh, assets on uh, Cello will continue to operate as normal. Gas fees will continue to be uh, just the same. And it's just going to be a switch over to being an L2. Uh, this is interesting because they're actually the first L2 that's explicitly using Eigenlayer uh, for... Uh, its data availability and security uh, provision, which is interesting. So it's like so it's actually going to be like the first uh, Eigenlayer test as well. Yeah, potentially. Way? Yeah, I mean it's the it's the first major network that I've seen that is explicitly using uh, Eigenlayer. 
That's actually very interesting, and I think that uh, this kind of this is just the start of uh, this specific uh, like uh, narrative of all kinds of L ones that, uh, in my opinion, are gonna just in order to survive are gonna try to become uh, Ethereum L twos. I remember people speaking about this uh, over a year ago already. Not not specifically about Celo, uh, but about uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually started hearing about that uh, regarding Solana. I started hearing that people, some people uh, were claiming that uh, Solana will one day become uh, an Ethereum L2. And back then, uh, it didn't make any sense uh, to me. But today, as much as I see, you know, that, the, you know, there's for smart contracts, there's actually one powerful L1, and that's Ethereum. And those who are going to survive, or in my opinion, going to be those who will uh, find a way to build on Ethereum and not compete uh, with it. So it's actually going to be a very interesting. D five visor, did I lose you? Uh oh, something happened. Uh, well, I think okay. So D five visor just dropped out. That was sorry for the uh, connection issues. Looks like he's back as well too. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep up on to the cell story. Actually, we'll probably reach out. I'd like to have them on to come talk about this to understand yeah, I mean, how, how they're going to be integrating Eigenlayer. Uh, another big story that happened is that Binance has finally added support for Lightning Network after years of just delays and really just sitting on their hands and doing nothing. Uh, this was a result of the high... Uh, fees that were being paid because of the uh, recent, uh, like, what do you want to call it, BRC20 fad. Uh, fees got so bad that it was impossible for anyone to really like transfer Bitcoin cheaply. And so Binance is the pretty much the last major exchange to integrate Lightning Network at this point. So OKX had integrated Lightning Network, and I believe, or maybe Coinbase is the last one, but uh, very good to finally see Lightning being used for this because it's it's what it's really designed for is moving money back and forth between exchanges. True, oh, interesting to say. I think that also it's exactly the kind of stuff that uh, Bitcoin is gonna have to have if it's gonna be uh, successful in the upcoming uh, years. Like if there's no uh, easy way and like there's no response from the market of the different exchanges yeah. to integrate. Well. Lightning network, Lightning network really fills a gap, right? Because uh, Lightning can provide with its state channels uh, essentially instantaneous transfer of Bitcoin back and forth between, or like between uh, on the channel, right? So uh, if you're a exchange user using Binance and OKX and you have these like programmatic strategies that are running and you need to transfer uh, Bitcoin back and forth extremely fast. Now you can use Lightning Network uh, to balance out your positions uh, or transfer value or do really anything that you need to do uh, to ensure that the uh, your your like Bitcoin transfers move faster. So it's a great addition and it's nice to see. I wish more exchanges would add in Lightning support. Um, Lightning has grown over the last year rapidly. Uh, it has been something that has just always been talked about in Bitcoin circles, uh, but really never really caught on to the effect that people thought it would. And as 
we can see here on DeFi Llama's Lightning Network, there is now uh, 4,865 4, Bitcoin locked. So that's a 5x increase up from March 2021 uh, to where we are now. And that is actually a lot of throughput for Lightning Network. That's a lot of Bitcoin to sit in channels. Uh, in dollar terms, it's $147 million. Exciting to see it grow because I personally don't really use it, to, uh, actually. But I do think that uh, for for Bitcoin, for the Bitcoin community, Lightning Network is, uh, in my opinion, more important than uh, the BRC20 stuff. Like, Maybe uh, I, mean, I mean, like I I think you should probably go try and use it because it's not it's not it's designed to be a um, it's designed in a certain way, which is different than just having tokens and sending them to somebody. It's it's more of like Lightning Network, I think, is designed for like a retailer who wants to sell you coffee, right? Honestly, that's what yeah. it's designed for. They generate a QR code, you scan the QR code, and then you send them an exact amount of of like sats for that transaction. Uh, it's not like an open amount of uh, USDC that you're sending on Arbitrum or something where you get to determine how much our, like USDC is being sent. Uh, the person who's generating the transaction has to send you a receipt first and then you fulfill the receipt. So the user, it's, it's a little bit different on the user function, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll potentially see how it works. Uh, if you have cash app, you can actually use, uh, lightning network inside of cash app, which is pretty cool. Um, but I don't really see anybody integrating lightning network QR codes yet. So maybe I that, remember that mm -hmm. I remember that Jack Mallers, uh, you know who he is? Yeah, I know Jack. Yeah, uh, he he used to uh, speak a lot about it and integrating it in all kinds of uh, like uh, payment outlets, uh, right? Did, did anything really happen there? Yeah, no. I mean, he's still building Strike, obviously, and uh, you know, Strike is is being used, but I think the primary uh, when we talk about payments, most people don't want to use Bitcoin for payments. It's just not what they want to use. They want to use dollars. So. Yeah, they want stable coins, and that's uh, that's what makes ETH so powerful, you know. Yeah. So speaking of stable coins, we had Gnosis Pay, which was announced and uh, went live at Stable Summit. So we've covered this story like two or three times oh. before, and now it's actually live. So you can go and you can apply. You can get your card, uh, a self custodial Visa card. Uh, it's fully EU compliant has instant spending and very, very cool. I, I think this will be like used in a, by a bunch of DAOs or like a bunch of different programs uh, that are in uh, crypto at the moment. And it's really cool. So you can come and you can apply, just connect your account, you get verified and you order a card. This is very easy. Very, very simple. That's actually something I'm very much anticipating, uh, you know, and also not only for uh, DAOs and whatever, but I think that uh, us, the simple retail uh, DeFi users, that's exactly the kind of stuff uh, we want. Like just like give me the, the power, the ability to actually feel that I can use my uh, funds uh, everywhere. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, having this one available uh, in Israel as well. I'm pretty sure that it doesn't, uh, it won't uh, be the case uh, at the beginning, but hopefully uh, sometime soon. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's, uh, that it's going to be uh, already available in quite a lot of uh, countries, right? The U.S., for example, and uh, Europe. It's mm -hmm. already on, yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if it's in the U.S. at the moment, but it is EU compliant. So that that covers a lot of uh, projects. Yeah. So there was a bunch of news that came out of Stable Summit. One of the big ones was that uh, Ave launched their Go stablecoin. So I'm going to pull up Dune here. So in the three days that it has been launched, or two days that it's been launched, they've acquired 2.5 million uh, in TVL with 235 holders. And most of that was done in the first few minutes. Uh, but there's been a slow growth after that. Uh, I would expect it to increase uh, once the uh, CRV pools go live and once uh, you start to see more uh, other stablecoin issuers like Frax or like, uh, like MIM or some of the other ones start to create these pairs uh, and incentivize liquidity. Uh, it's a good. Uh, it's good that you're here, so because uh, it's actually kind of interesting. How do you see the Frax and uh, Go relationship, for example? Is it going to be like uh, more of a competition? Are there uh, like any cooperations on the, the like, for example, uh, what does Frax uh, have to benefit, for example, from uh, pairing up with uh, Go and whatever? Like, how do you see? Well, obviously, we have the Frax base pool, and so it will be an addition to where on Curve, there's a Go Frax base pool LP, and liquidity will be added to that, and you'll be able to uh, you know, use your Convex or FXS or something to vote for liquidity incentives for that pair. Cool. Yeah. So it's uh, good to see that. Always nice to see new entrants. And... Uh, it's definitely, I wish we had Garrett here to talk about what's happening on Curve with it. So, uh, But he'll be back later this week, and we'll get more updates from him. Um, I think the... Uh, mm -hmm. go, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. The other big announcement that came out of Stable Summit was uh, Liquidity V2. And so Liquidity V2 is an update to uh, LUSD, which kind of carries the torch after... Uh, die abandoned single collateral single collateral sigh right uh yeah. so uh liquidity has no admin controls uh there's no way it's not oracle i believe it's yeah i don't believe it's oracle dependent um it's a really interesting system for creating uh debt straight out of eth with not too many depend or with almost like zero dependencies uh and so they are coming out with a new uh, v2 system and we're going to have on token bryce later this week who's going to come in and talk about it so we will cover this more as the week goes on but those were the two big news to come out of stable summit whereas go and then also liquidity and gnosis pay so three things yeah yeah actually exciting stuff and uh, i think it uh, really touches the point that you were mentioning uh, earlier that uh, mm -hmm. you know Stable coins is pretty much one of the most important uh, things for uh, our growth uh, as an industry because uh, human beings, if they actually want to use money, uh, we want it dollar pegged like uh, this uh, era. It's much uh, simpler and it really makes uh, a lot of the things actually possible. And it's quite interesting to see these developments for even in the last uh, few uh, months, just, you know, look, CRV USD, um, mm -hmm. Go, LUSD with a new uh, version. Like uh, this, uh, uh, it really is like the, 
the oligopoly of uh, stable coins is actually forming and tightening so and it's going to be harder and harder to uh, to have a seat at that table you know what i mean at least the way i see it yeah so uh, one of our listeners asked uh, is is cello taking the same way as synapse and i'm not really too sure so one of the things i, I don't know what he's exactly speaking about but uh, we do have some news about synapse where over the weekend they proposed to essentially dump all their ARB that they have. So Synapse was granted uh, 1,030,161 ARB uh, from the Arbitrum airdrop back in April 2023, and they have been sitting on it, but now they want to sell all that ARB so they can convert it into ETH and then increase the liquidity on Synapse's ETH Arbitrum bridge uh, for the ETH in ETH pool. I kind of think that, uh, you know, I get it, you know, they're a bridge. What they need to do is liquidity. They yeah. don't have any specific things they want to do with uh, the ARB. Like, at least, at least it's uh, taking this money and actually uh, doing something that's going to be useful to the users of the platform. So I kind of get the, their desire to uh, do so. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, it's what are they going to do? They Their first focus is on liquidity and obviously increasing ETH liquidity increases their business. So, uh, you know, they're they could sit on the token for a long time and maybe it goes up or they could start providing more uh, like value now. Also, they get to switch back to ETH, which they might might want to be in as well, too. Maybe they don't want to hold the ARB token. Well, obviously, they don't want to hold the ARB token here uh, because yeah, they want to go I to ETH. Get it. Yeah, <laughs> they value ETH more than the ARB token. Um, Naturally. Yeah. So a bunch of product announcements happened over the weekend. So we had the launch of Lens V2. So Lens V2 is an upgrade to the social network lens. Um, and it adds in a bunch of new stuff like open actions, uh, which will allow for like new experiences that people can create. Uh, open actions could be like join a whitelist or buy an NFT ticket or like mint something like really anything can be uh, can be added. Right. Uh, and so you right. can start to like work with your subscribers a bit more. They're also going to have like collective value share where like creators and apps can like share all the, the fees that they get from everything, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then lastly, they're going to have a new profile manager. Uh, with this like ERC six six five one own profiles, uh, which is going to be a nice big upgrade for for Lens. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because you know now uh, Lens, at least the way when I uh, use it, and I don't use it that often uh, to be honest. And exactly because of what I'm going to say, like it's pretty much uh, it feels like a, a Twitter uh, fork in a way mm -hmm. you know i don't really feel any different experience uh, true i can uh, collect uh, the posts as nfts uh, of some of the people who uh, who opened that uh, option uh, for their uh, followers but either than that uh, other than that i mean it's mostly uh, it, it mostly feels like a, a twitter fork with a lot less uh, participants so it's not as exciting but i definitely think that if they really uh, are able to integrate all kinds of different uh, like uh, qualities into their uh, DAP, 
maybe uh, much more exciting and looking forward to see how uh, what kind of options uh, it does have. I haven't used it uh, yet. Is, are these uh, changes already live or are they going to be live in like uh, at a specific uh, <clears throat> point of time? Uh, so they are live now. I believe you can go use it. So it was it was announced at the beginning of ECC and uh, it should be live now. So I've been meaning I've got a wait list sign up that I need to go and join Lens uh, at some point. Uh, ah, you're well. not on Lens uh, yet? No, no, I just hadn't got around to it. But uh, yeah, it's it's it is live now. So also, we had Robert from from Liquidity pop into the chat. Uh, Robert, if you want to reach out through our uh, or like give us a, a ping on our Twitter, uh, we can bring you up. And if you want to talk about Liquidity V2, uh, just hit us up in the DMs. And let's see, we'll keep moving on. Uh, if you want to join Robert. Let's see. So we also had the announcement of Scroll, which uh, Scroll is a uh, layer two Z ZK EVM that's being built on top of ETH. Uh, looks pretty cool. I've got a Scroll t-shirt from ETH Denver. Uh, just to put this out there. Now that's bigger. Now people can read. <clears throat> so they have open sourced their repos. Now you can come in. They want to start uh, getting more community involvement here. And so they have their their GitHub, which you can come and check out. So scroll looks pretty cool. I I, I think it'll be interesting how it uh, fits in with the rest of the uh, zk EVM ecosystems that are being built. Um, so yeah, looks interesting. Yeah, scroll uh, a big name on that uh, front, and really, it's like uh, it relates to what we were uh, mentioning earlier. You know, it's all a battle of. Uh, how do the different uh, infrastructures uh, relate to Ethereum and provide uh, Ethereum users with the best uh, options uh, on how to uh, like how to grow uh, their uh, ecosystem? Mm -hmm. It's honestly going to be very excited. I'm very excited about Scroll uh, zk because of uh, all kinds of stuff that I remember uh, reading when they first launched. Like I don't know much about that stuff, but I remember reading that uh, they give like the fullest. Uh, like in a way, uh, and again, I'm not going to sound very well because I don't understand this stuff uh, well enough, but th th their uh, like uh, approach towards the ZK uh, solution is one of the most wholesome uh, approaches uh, there are. At least, at least that's, uh, it that's how it was presented uh, to me. Yeah, I, I've been following... Uh, uh, oh, wait. Hey, we got Robert. Hey, yeah, Hello. can you hear me? Hi, Robert. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for bringing me on your show. Yeah, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for being in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> Are you at uh, ECC right now? Yeah, I'm just in a street here in Paris. It's a bit noisy, so if I don't uh, hear you clearly, so please forgive me that. Oh, yeah. No, it sounds great. It sounds great. So uh, we were talking about Liquidity V2 over the weekend. So Stable Summit seemed like it was a, a great uh, event, nice conference. Uh, so can you tell us more about what's happening with Liquidity V2? Yeah, um, I just announced the core concept here at ECC and obviously. Uh oh, we lost you for a minute. That is new, scalable than the current one, the LUSD, which is kind of constrained by borrowing demand. And to do that, I mean, we just came up with a normal way of uh, hedging a reserve because it's now the new stable point will be reserved back rather than just backed by CDPs or borrowing positions. And so, so we are now going to kind of release not just, you know, a stable point and the borrowing 
product, but also like a hedging or leverage product, which uh, has very nice properties. It has like a built-in principal protection, for example. Uh, but we are still in an early stage, which means we, we are just about to open up our research to get user feedback, to kind of get feedback on the concepts in the first stage, and then later on when we publish the white paper, also get feedback on the white paper. But, but like, yeah, it will take some time until we have like, you know, uh, an implementation ready to launch. But I think on a conceptual level, we are ready to get the community involved and see like what the needs are, whether this product is needed and how people would use it. So one of the things that Liquidity has always been really well known for is its uh, like lack of any dependencies. Uh, there's no admin keys. Uh, the contracts are like finalized. There's nothing that anyone can do to it. Um, do you see that passing on to Liquidity V2? Uh, or... Yeah, ideally. I mean, that's our mm -hmm. goal. So we want to build a very um, robust system, which means we want to minimize the risk from our dependencies. So ideally, the new system would be immutable. But of course, there is also uh, some tension there because we want to include, you know, stake ease for any liquid stake derivative that we deem would be the most suitable one. I mean, that's also a question which I guess needs some, some more research, like which uh, LSD we want to um, support. But ultimately, we will probably need to decide on, on one or a selection um, because we, we don't want to have a governance that could change it over time because that would introduce like a host of new um, attack vectors. So I want to keep to our um, ideology and vision of being immutable and governance free, but I mean, it's not 100% sure at this moment whether we would like completely stick to it in all detail. So that's to be seen. Yeah, it's really hard actually to build like fully trust minimized uh, <laughs> like stables, like it's very hard. And so I, 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 I think it's, it's pretty awesome what you guys have uh, developed at Liquidity. What do you think the, the timeline is uh, for the development of Liquidity V2? Uh, yeah, so um, as I said, we, just, um, we are just about to release the concept. And then later on the white paper, we are currently also working with uh, modeling firms and universities to um, make sure that uh, this product has a sound you know, academic foundation, but implementation wise, it will take some time, I guess. I would shoot for Q2 next year. So sometime mid next year, maybe before summer. Uh, yeah, we would be ready. So when you talk about like moving to reserve, I think the design that you were talking about is that uh, you would be splitting off the, you would be splitting off the, um, how do I describe this? Like the, like the delta right so uh you deposit eth and then if you want to you can come pretty much delta delta neutral uh by selling that that risk off to somebody else and so if somebody wants to take directional risk they can and they can do it in a leverage sense uh but the person who wants to stay stable can can reduce their uh their like pr like price exposure to to minimal amounts is that right Yes, exactly. So uh, we have this hedging position, which uh, would give you this kind of leverage exposure to ease or stake ease as an underlying. But on mm -hmm. top of that, we are adding principal protection, which then kind of ensures your position against downside risk. So it's like 
And an interesting way to describe it is that you are hedging the system, but the system is also hedging yourself to a certain extent. So it's not like, you know, with some crazy perps where you have like a 100x leverage and you lose your amount the next hour, you also cannot get liquidated. So it's like a much more a product that it should be more suitable also for the risk averse um, user. Interesting. Yeah, I think the I think this kind of uh, hedged ETH model is is really interesting, right? It provides a lot of design space actually to build on top, uh, because you know now you can have all of these sorts of like derivative products that you build in uh, that can take advantage of either the uh, principal protected position uh, or the uh, like leveraged uh, tradable position in either way, and they also become like independent assets as well too. Also, by the way, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm an Aladdin uh, community booster and a part of the 80. And the new uh, Aladdin protocol, uh, FX protocol, is also uh, something. I've, if I understand correctly, it's something a bit uh, similar uh, to this narrative of of like uh, different uh, hedged ETH strategies and tactics. And it's actually going to be, in my opinion, uh, like. Very uh, something we're actually going to see a lot because uh, you know ETH is the it's like the most basic of uh, these assets and if you really want uh, like uh, scalability you're going to have to try and uh, introduce new uh, strategies uh, into it just like uh, for example liquidity is uh, doing it brings me to my uh, other question like how does this uh, sit with your uh, old vision of uh, you know of being such a such a pure uh, version of a of a stable coin you know what i mean where, where you can only use ETH, and there is the in a way you know nothing more uh, secure but i guess that also you guys are now uh, seeing that uh, you have to gonna you, you, you're gonna have to start using other strategies in order to scale is that a part of uh, what you guys actually uh, went through or am i completely wrong about it how do you see it uh, robert Yes, yes. So um, there's a trade-off there, of course, and uh, we are now looking into mainly the space of liquid-state derivatives like Lido, Rocketeeth, and we see like a tendency there to become more decentralized, which is great. Especially Lido has uh, seems to be on the right track towards more decentralization. But even with that, I mean, it's clear that you can never reach the same level of decentralization and purity than with pure ease but still we believe that as like you know proof of stake ethereum and mining becomes more prevalent and people just want to kind of participate in the yield it will be it would be too limiting to just restrict ourselves to ease going forward but that being said i mean liquidity version one will continue functioning and and those guys who just prefer purity over yield would probably continue using our existing product. So I guess you would then have two products in parallel and we hope that both will have the reason of existence going forward. Yeah, that's that's I think that's an important point is that uh, the market has changed since you know DeFi summer <laughs> in 2020 and 2021. And with the addition of all of these LSDs and and new income streams, uh, it's essentially forcing a a broad revolution in product design uh, across the entire ecosystem. 
And, you know, Liquidity V2 is just responding to this. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's always going to be a trade-offs, like you said, uh, but it looks like there is strong market demand for these two types of products going forward. Cool. Yeah. Well, Robert, that's great. I want to I want to thank you for coming on. It was really great that you were uh, seeing our chat and and hop in to kind of give us an update. Uh, we're gonna have Token Bryce on later this week as well too to come uh, to come talk about it because I, I saw that you guys published a video, but I, I haven't seen any um, like long form uh, written updates yet. So uh, need to go through that and and give that one a, uh, a watch uh, so that we can do a like a full. Uh, uh, I guess breakdown of it and analysis later in the week with Token Bryce. Yeah, it was great to uh, be on your show and uh, don't hesitate to reach out if you have like further questions or if your your audience has uh, questions. I mean, as I said, we want to get more involvement from the community on our Discord mainly about the new product. So mm -hmm. looking forward for that. And and how is ECC? It's great. I mean, now it's even in two buildings, like more space than. Uh, last year and a lot going on like so many side events and stable summit before and oracle summit after so yeah it, it's very vibrant and uh you wouldn't say that we are in a bear market when you're here <laughs> yeah that's the vibes that i got at east denver as well too is that the the narrative was very positive uh well robert thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it and uh also, DeFi Advisor, thank you for coming on as well, too. We will be... Thanks uh, you so much. Yeah. And enjoy the day. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye, Paris. Uh, so uh, we will be back tomorrow with another episode of Leviathan News. Uh, thank you, Robert, for coming on and giving us a, a, a nice update. That was really great to have have you here. Um, DeFi yes, Advisor, th thank you for being here as well, too. And, you uh, too, Ben. Thank you for another uh, great day of hosting. Yeah. And we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, folks.